I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Oh, and dog food. The 11 to 1 show. James Brown, I'm feeling good this Monday morning. Sinead Braslin here with you. How are you keeping? Hope you're keeping well and you had a nice weekend. You can get in touch 086 1800 658 about anything at all. It's finally happening, isn't it? After a long summer holiday, entertaining children inside in the rain because let's face it, it was just miserable, wet, horrible, lashing the whole time. But now, it's back to school time. And I, for one, am a big fan of getting them back into the routine. And look, at yeah, it does mean the dreaded task of making school lunches. And yes, it does mean that we're going to have to drag them kicking and screaming out of the bed. But let's be honest, it's far more stressful than the summer holidays because me personally I'm going what can be in this week whose mind and you're, where, what, like, what am I going to do how is work going to let me work around this non-schedule that we have in the summer holidays so that's good so it's back to routine and you know also I don't have to hear things like what are we going to do today ma'am which was a, a favourite during the summer holidays or can I have a snack my God, they, they love that one, don't they? Can I have a snack? It happens straight after breakfast, like instant, t- like the breakfast has barely settled in the stomach and it's, can I have a snack? Sorry, what? I've just eaten like two bowls of Cocoa Pops and a round of toast and a load of orange juice. What? How, what? how could you want a snack now? I don't know how they're so hungry, but it always happens, doesn't it? Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Can I have a snack? Mom, can I have a snack? So... If you're enjoying a bit of me time this morning, if your kids are gone back to school, you lucky thing. Enjoy that hot cup of tea or coffee or, you know, the peace and quiet because it won't be long until they bound through the door looking for, you've guessed it, a snack. Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, let me know if the darlings are gone back to school at 086-1800-658. Are they going back tomorrow or later on in the week? They're both in my house gone back tomorrow, which is fantastic news. So I'm all for that. Let me know, though, if back to school is happening for you this week. And what are you most looking forward to? Is it the bit of peace and quiet? going for a walk a bit of me time or just enjoying that hot tea or coffee I'd love to know on 086 1800 658 keeping those good vibes going now with train Getting some messages on 086-1800-658 about the back to school. Uh, oh, well, I've gotten some picture messages in here from Chris in RD. He says, uh, he goes, So Sinead, the five girls are gone off to school and crash. The sixth daughter is away in Austria, uh, or away to Austria, and um, on holidays. He's on holidays. Now, he looks like he's gotten... Uh, it's going to be like, you know, very sort of constructive holidays. There's... um. Sheets being laid in the hall, a ladder. I presume painting is going on there, Chris. So hopefully that we are keeping you company as you get stuck into the painting this morning. But can I just say not one of these children in this picture are, are smiling. They all just look so depressed going back to school. But no doubt, family are delighted that they're away off. Uh, not yet, Sinead. Mine are way off uh, for, on, from Wednesday on. Freedom awaits. Can't wait to get back to the early sessions in the gym, says one message as well. Uh, tomorrow, uh, free to work from home in peace without the cartoons blaring. I know, yeah. Shout out to the parents working from home as well with the kids off school. That is a nightmare situation, um, Somebody else asking, was I not the same as a child myself? Look at, no, I was a child who was never bored, right? And I went out the side the door and I didn't annoy my parents. Because if you did, if you went in and annoyed your parents for a snack or something like that, you'd just be given a job, wouldn't you? So you stayed clear, <laughs> absolutely stayed clear of them. Uh, now, I just want to let you know that uh, the first day of uh, Bellius Town racing is uh, tomorrow, okay, Tuesday August 29th with a full race card starting from 4.05pm Now a shuttle bus service will be leaving from the Abbey Car Park in Drogheda beside the courthouse to the race course that's going to depart at 3pm and return half an hour after the last race so for tickets, options and updates you can check out BelliusTownRaces.ie Also Bellius Town Races on Facebook, uh, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter as well so that is tomorrow the race card starting from 4.05pm and the shuttle bus from the Abbey Car Park in Drogheda from 3pm and then it's going to return half an hour after the last race. Now coming up I've got music from Keen to Grow and a very special day is happening this Saturday and let me tell you you're going to get a mega deal with this in terms of the movies. Okay I'm going to give you all the details of National Cinema Day coming up. The 11 to 1 show you could be going along to the cinema for the price of a euro. Yeah, it's all to do with National Cinema Day. Full details of that on the way after Keen to Grow. I'm loving that. That's giving me the script meets Coldplay vibes. Heaven, Keen to Grow on LMFM's 11 to 1. Now, this is very exciting. A very uh, nice uh, little offer from cinemas because at the weekend on Saturday, September 2nd, cinemas across Ireland are celebrating National Cinema Day. Now, you have been warned, OK, this is going to absolutely sell out everywhere because the prices are so low, right? Because you're talking about something like four quid, right? To go along, enjoy premium seats, 3D screens and all the comfort of the cinema. So it's a, uh, the 2023 initiative is supported by Screen Ireland 
And last year was a huge success with over 200,000 admissions for that single day, making it the biggest cinema going day of the year. Fantastic. So they're looking forward to having an even bigger National Cinema Day in 2023. So pretty much most of the cinemas are taking part and there's going to be new and recent releases for families to enjoy, including some family favourites as well, because, you know, school is back. So, you know, if you want to treat the kids at the weekend, you can have things like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Uh, also, there's a theatre camp and haunted mansion, Blue Beetle in there as well. Um, Barbie and Oppenheimer still going strong as well, and you can purchase the uh, ticket through the participating cinemas uh, and at the box office now. But you can check out cinemaday.ie and you can find out your location and what's going on at your local cinema. So there you go. And there's going to be a new cinema in Drogheda opened in Scotch Hall. The Omniplex Cinema will be opening this week. Very very exciting stuff. So cinemaday.ie, you have been warned, you got to book your tickets pretty much now, okay? It's going to sell out just ridiculously over the course of the day. But there will be lots of maybe extra screenings and things like that. So this Saturday, the 2nd of September. Then cars with speeding cars. Now the smell of freshly baked bread. Oh, there's nothing like it, is there? Well, it was a regular feature of life on a very busy Drogheda Street in Balbriggan right up until the 1990s because Spicer's Bakery, which was uh, situated, which originated, I suppose, in Navan and was there for so, so many years as well. But they had a shop and bakery in Balbriggan. So the story of the bakery, the rise and fall of this um, is going to be explored in a very interesting talk which is going to be hosted by Balbriggan Historical Society this Wednesday and Frank Weirty has been hard at work uh, uncovering this rich history of the bakery and he's going to join us with more information on this right after these The 11 to 1 show now, a lot of people will be familiar with the Spicers of Navin. They used their loaves as the backbone of their business interests for over 170 years. And whilst the bakery was hugely successful in Navin, the Spicers did expand into Balbriggan in April 1904, buying out the Comiskey family bakery and staying on uh, Drogheda Street in the town right up until the late 90s. So the story of the Spicers and the rise and fall of their bakery and shop in Balbriggan will be presented in a talk by my first guest. He's a long-time member and author of many of well, Bregan Society's Historical Society's publications. Frank Weirty, he's on the line with me now. How are you getting on, Frank? Hi, Sinead. Great to have you on the show. Now, the Spicer family, very successful bakery bakers, over 170 years, quite a long time. So tell us, where did the idea to trace the history of their time, specifically in Balbriggan, come from, Frank? Well, to begin with, uh, uh, I was born in 1952, and for the first two years of my life, I lived on Drogheda Street by Brigham, within minutes walk from the bakery itself. Oh. Then, then in, in 2004, uh, after my father, Jim, died in August, I was uh, uh, looking through his papers, and he uh, found uh, a document, an unassuming looking document, which when I opened it up, it was for my granduncle Eugene Melia, fondly known as Bay, and uh, he had served an apprenticeship as a baker in Spicers, 1934 to 1938, and it was signed by none other than Madeleine Spicer. It was born in 1886, and she was John Spicer, uh, Mary McCann's uh, daughter. 
So that that excited me because I didn't know anything about this stuff. Yeah, what a treasure now, to, to, to find. And yeah. just to bring you back there a little bit, Frank, so you lived within sniffing distance of this fantastic yeah, bakery as a I child. Was born at, I was born at seven months, and on the eighth month, I was in 87 Drogas Street uh, in my granny's house. And across the road, she was Amelia, and across the road, she had, there were Amelia's, one of whom was Eugene. Uh, Bay Melia, as I've said. Now, Eugene left by Brigham when his time was up. Mm. He was a baker and he went to Liverpool, apparently. Can't be, uh, and uh, uh, only came home for holidays. But I have a photograph. He, he has, there's a photograph of him holding me in about 1954. But, of course, I, I didn't know what to put him then. So when I got this document in 2004, I framed it, because it was on a very fine paper. Uh, I framed it. And I said, this has to be, something has to be done with this particular document to set it in proper context. But I was, I was doing night, uh, evening studies at Maynooth at the time. Uh, it, was, it wasn't until um, years later, 20, uh, 2011, when I uh, graduated with an MA. And then I was, uh, I was working on a, four, a, a small book for a four-court press. And anyway, um, it was 2018 before I could get around to looking at the story of Spicer's Bakery. Okay. So where did this lead you to? So, you know, many people from the area will, be, you know, have fond memories of the bakery. They'll know yeah. about the Navin one. But for those of us who don't, can you give us a little bit of a background to the Spicer's family and the bakery in general? Yeah, well, uh, the, uh, there were six um, proprietors, proprietors of the Spicer's Bakery, Empire, if you like, uh, over the years, all named John. There was John the Third. It was born in 1853 and died in 1922. It was him that was expanding expanding his businesses in Navan. He bought out Luke uh, Smith, who was a local uh, businessman who had a bakery. He bought him out in 1899. And in 1902... John Spicer had two uh, flour mills, he had a bakery, he had a, um, a, a coal business and a, hard, a building hardware business, uh, but he was, lo- he was looking to expand into the milling and baking and to get out of the uh, coal and the hardware mm. business. Now, the Comiskey brothers, William and Thomas, they, uh, they had a business in Balbriggan selling coal, um, slate, uh, slate for roofs and other building materials. And they also had a depot, a depot in Kells, run by a manager called uh, Mr. Uh, Andrews. And so they, so the Comiskey brothers and and um, Jones boys, are, they would have known one another. Okay. Yeah, because I was going to say, was, he, was there any yeah. sort of, you know, falling out or was there any disgruntlement from the Comiskey no, family no. of them taking over the business? No. No, this was, this was a, a marriage made in heaven, if you like. Okay. Because Spicer wanted to get out of the hardware and into the, as I've said, the flour and the baking. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Comiskeys wanted to concentrate on their coal business. They also made bricks in Balbriggan, but they were getting nearly coming to the end of that. But anyway, they, they wanted to concentrate on coal. They, their bakery in Balbriggan, uh, on Drogheda Street, uh, used the old method of making bread. And it, it, um, it had more or less seen its, 
its day. Okay. Because, because John Spicer, he had all of the latest methods for making bread, the use of electricity, mechanisation, etc., etc. Yeah, because so, I th- think I saw something there, actually, Frank, that uh, he had brought electricity into the shop when there was no actual electricity even in Navin at that stage. He did, he did. Uh, he, uh, it's in the sources, we know that yeah. uh, he, uh, he, he was supro- providing uh, uh, electricity not just for his own uh, businesses, but to other businesses in Navin. Okay, so very kind of progressive guy, really, wasn't he? Very progressive. He uh, in his uh, milling, he did away with the old stone uh, milling wheels. Mm-hmm. Brought in the steel cut with uh, steel cut milling processes from America. Oh, okay. so like when he came to North County Dublin, he rebel. He 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 turned everything. All the other bakery businesses, uh, like Ennis's Bakery of Skerries, uh, the old mill bakery in Skerries, who had more or less. Uh, the local market all to himself. Okay. For when Spicer came along with his newly developed um, uh, bakery. And of course and able to churn out more bread to maybe meet more yeah. of a demand. Absolutely. So so did things kind of go very well then in the initial stages in Balbriggan then? They did. Now, the, uh, what happened was um, uh, John Spicer sent a succession of managers to look after the Balbriggan branch mm-hmm. and, and these were James Farrell Farrell from Navan he was there from 1904 1913, Michael O'Rourke of Navan was there in 1913 1918 Paddy Daly of Navan from 1918 1932, Dick Webster from Liverpool and Milan and he married Dorothy Webster another daughter of John's and Mary Spicer Okay. And, and, they came to live in Balbriggan in 1932, where Dick managed the bakery until 1953 when he retired. Then we had the next uh, manager was Des Ward. He was a Dundalk man. He, in 1953, 1958. Ted Walsh of Navin was 1958 to 1962. And then Larry Mallon of Navin, he managed the bakery in Balbriggan from 1962 to 1999. Okay, so he then, had quite a stint there. So what was yeah, happening then at the time? Because, you know, for things to be booming and flourishing for so many years, was it an influx of of other bakeries or what, what happened? What was the kind of defining moment that was signalling the kind of start of the decline of this then? Well, uh, um, when the bakery opened, I should have ma- uh, mentioned there was three manager restaurants. Lily Martin, who I know little about and need to know more, Liz mm-hmm. Casey and Nora Brown, they looked after the shop uh, um, under Larry, Larry Mallon, really. Um, in 1904, when, uh, when uh, John Spicer opened his bakery in Balbriggan, he had this new way of making bread, which he had already in Navan. So his Balbriggan branch was a model of the, uh, the headquarter bakery in Navan. Uh, but um, and so he had all the latest up-to-date uh, ways of making bread yep. without the use of hand labour. So he had um, he immediately put pressure on uh, Ennis's Bakery in Scaries because and Ennis's Bakery had a very lucrative contract with the Balrudery Bal- Board of Guardians, the union. They 
um, Ennis has had their contract for years and years and years up to 1906. It took uh, John Spicer and his, and his manager a little bit of time, but then they got their contract for the Baruti Board of Guardians. Oh, that's going to ruffle a few feathers there, Frank, I'd say. Yeah, that, 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 uh, because he was supplying bread, mm. flour, uh, porridge oats, um, and other things. So that was a, a contract that was tendered for each year. Yes. And um, it was said when the, when the Guardians met uh, to... To uh, on the on the year that John Spicer tendered for the fourth time, uh, it was said in, amongst the, the guardians that um, uh, William Ennis couldn't compete, couldn't mm. compete with John Spicer, and so Spicer got the contract. But um, curiously enough, in the years after that, and I, chron- I I researched the years after that, Ennis came back into it a little bit, uh, oh. possibly possibly lowering his prices. Possibly selling at a loss nice. to the Balrothery Union. But in any case, there's a few other things I'd like to say about Balbriggan and the spices of Navan. Yeah. Um, um, for example, that can't be, that I'd love to, get, to tell you about. Um, um, a son, a, a brother of uh, Madeleine and Dorothy, uh, Joseph Boyser, he came to Balbriggan to help out on the management side. And in 1917, November 1917, he unexpectedly died there in Balbriggan. Nice. And this was a terrible shock to the family. Uh, he, he died on the Monday morning. He was he was looked over by three doctors, one from uh, Dr. Fulham from Balbriggan and two doctors from Navin, and they could do nothing for him. So he was his body was sent back to Navin for funeral mass and burial. And in 1920... Dorothy uh, and her husband uh, Richard Webster, they were living in living in Milan, Italy, oh. where Richard was Secretary General of the British um, Chamber of Commerce in that city. So she was home, and she came home uh, to Ireland in 1920 with her young son, seven-year-old son Frank, and he stayed in. They were staying in Spicer's premises in Balbriggan when the town was sacked by the Black and Tan. Right, okay. And bullet, uh, yeah, uh, at least one shot was fired into the into the bakery. Um, at that time, uh, Paddy Daly was the manager. He got the the young lad over his shoulders, over his shoulder, and and got him out of the premises. Now the premises wasn't on fire or anything, but okay. a bullet came in and ricocheted around the place. Now, Dorothy and her son Frank, uh, she had another son back in Milan. But and anyway, she went to she she went to Navan. Then she went to uh, uh, to her family in Navan. Now it didn't put off it didn't put Dorothy off Balbriggan because in 1932 they were still living in Milan. And um, Mussolini had come to power. He was making uh, threatening noises about foreigners in the country. And so, she and Richard Webster, she and Richard, her husband, decided that they have to get in. They have to get out. They yeah. came to Balbriggan, yeah, and took over them. He took over the manager's job from uh, Paddy Daly. So, um, so they had a um, Spices Balbriggan had a very successful, long t- life there, and um, you could say 
when when I talk about the rise and the fall, yeah. the rise continued on right up into the 1970s mm-hmm. when when supermarkets yes. began to because of course this know, was a, this was absolutely going to be a, a huge yeah. threat to the likes of them. But as you say, they continued to to thrive through this, which is incredible, really, isn't it? Well, the bread, the, yeah. Now they had a fire in 1971, mm. which uh, did a lot of damage in the bakery. But then uh, there was a big fire in Navan in 1919, uh, and then another one in 1871, I think, in Navan. So fires and bakeries sort of come together. Right? Yeah. They go together. Um, what happened was then the, ba- the supermarkets were getting ever more powerful, putting the squeeze on the suppliers of the manufacturers of bakery products, particularly bread. Mm. And also, the, um, the, 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 eating, the the consumption of bread was going down. People were looking, were eating different things. Yeah. And a few sort of things combined um, led to a decline. Now, the bakery in Balbriggan was an outpost because it was the last one he formed and when things get hard, it's usually the outpost that gets shut That's down. first, so yes. In 19, so in 1993, uh, the bakery staff got their resiliency papers in June 1993, and we have a we have a we have a um, an example of that. Oh, very good. That was good. To show what nice, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Now don't, the, the 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 shop kept going until 1999. Uh, Larry Mallon was involved in look was looking continued. He was a, the manager when it closed down the bakery, but he was also he, stay, he was still the manager when they were looking after the shop. This is where the manageresses came in because uh, Larry didn't need to be there all the time. Yes, and uh, and so we are, and then in Balbriggan we are very fortunate in Balbriggan we have local photographers who over the years took pictures that. You know, we're now irreplaceable. So we have we have pictures of um, the shop front in ni- circa nineteen thirty, and um, we have um, pictures of the decline uh, of the uh, of the shop front, mm-hmm. particularly. And um, for example, the Tidy Towns Committee, when they came to Balbriggan, one of the things they said needed um, is something done when it was the shop front for John Spicer's Bakery, and then we also have photographs. Uh, taken by Joe Cortis, he's a cousin of mine, of the the premises being torn down. Oh, listen, they're, it, it's fan, fantastic to have this, these things and people who have the, the forthright to, to, to think of them and to take the photographs before things get destroyed. Frank, we're yeah. going to have to leave it there. It's been just fascinating chatting to you about this, such a rich, rich history of this bakery, but we don't want to reveal too much more because you yeah. do have a talk on Wednesday yeah. in the Bracken Court Hotel in Balbriggan. Well, I yeah. Well, I could just say... When I gave a, when I gave a talk in 2019 as part of the Fingal Festival of History, mm-hmm. at the end of the talk, this was in Balbriggan Library. At the end of the talk, uh, a lady came over to me to say I, I did well, and it turned out she was Elizabeth Spicer, married to the John wow. Spicer who died in, who died in 2001. She can, she then introduced me to members of the family, gave me personal material, and introduced me to Dorothy where uh, Dorothy Webster's grandson, Peter F. Webster, who also gave me personal material. And that was a big 
made a big difference to the paper that that I now have put together. Um, 92,000 words because it has material that you can't be found in the library. Of or, course. You know, yeah, personal artefacts and everything, yeah. Personal photographs, documents, and I, I, I wrote all, all of that material into the paper because you can't look at the Balbriggan branch without, without looking at the Spicer's family and without looking at... Uh, and I've also um, accumulated the names and details of 80... Uh, nearly 88 people and former employees of the branch. Oh, fantastic to so, add to the whole thing, the personal accounts. Absolutely, yeah. Well, thank you very much, No, you're so welcome, Frank, and I no doubt it's going to be a really, really interesting talk. Frank Weirty there from Balbriggan Historical Society is going to talk all about this. I, I'm always fascinated about this sort of stuff. But it's Wednesday, August the 30th at 8pm and it's going to be in the Bracken Court Hotel in Balbriggan. Eleven to one show. Going back to this day in 1963 and an iconic speech. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 777 Yes, on this day 1963, Martha Luther King Jr. delivers his I Have a Dream speech addressing the March on Washington for Jobs and Freedom Civil Rights March at Lincoln Memorial in Washington. And today is Red Wine Day. Yes, pour a lovely glass of Bordeaux, take a sip of Cabernet Sauvignon or open a Shiraz because it's National Red Wine Day. Apparently, it's estimated that the Chinese people uh, may have been the first to create red wine around sort of 7,000 BC. A drink that was made of wild grapes as well as honey and rice as well as hawthorn fruit as well. It was stored in clay jars uh, with yeast on the skins causing it to be fermented. So there you go. Red Wine Day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drogheda, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. Now still to come, sustainable style with Maria Macklin. Plus, having a laugh twice a week could be really good for your health. So we're going to be chatting sustainable style with Maria and we have an interesting survey that I want to give you the results of as well. So that's all coming up after 12. What percentage of your wardrobe do you actively wear? This is a question we are asking ahead of Maria Macklin appearing on the show. We're going to be talking sustainable style. I'll give you all the details after Tom Grennan. I've been holding on... There's Tom Grennan, a little bit of love on LMFM's 11 to 1. Sinead Brazel here with you. Hope you're keeping well. If you're just joining us, we are talking sustainable style because Sustainable September is going to be approaching. It's a month-long initiative encouraging us to not buy anything new. Now, you can buy something pre-loved, but nothing new, okay? And look, until a few years ago, I was somebody who was definitely rushing out the door to buy a new top for a night out or a new dress and I'd wear it once maybe twice before flinging it into the back of the wardrobe now though since learning more about the huge impact that fast fashion has on our world I don't buy something new unless I know I'm going to get lots of wear out of it if I have things that I'm going to actually match it with in the wardrobe or let's be honest I really really love it so 
We're going to be discussing Sustainable September, September, a month-long initiative where you pledge not to buy anything new. And Maria Macklin is going to be discussing this in more detail. But over the weekend, we did a survey on our social media about this, right? And I'm just going to see if we can do it here as well on the WhatsApp and text, right? Because no judgment, it's just completely experimental. And we're wondering, the question was that we asked people... What percentage of your wardrobe do you actively wear? So we have three options, right? So can you honestly say, yep, 100% of my wardrobe I actively wear? If so, WhatsApp protects me 100%, right? What about 50%? So half of your wardrobe, do you kind of think, right, I definitely wear half of the wardrobe, about 50%. If so, you can WhatsApp us or text us 50%. Or do you find yourself reaching for the same clothes again and again despite having a heaving wardrobe? So maybe just 20% of you are being really honest with yourself. You're kind of thinking, yeah, it's the old reliables, the kind of couple of pairs of bottoms and tops. They're the only sort of stuff I wear despite the fact that the wardrobe is actually bulging. So 20%. So we're wondering, do you actively wear 100% of your wardrobe? Let us know. What about 50% of your wardrobe? Let me know. Or is it 20%? And again, no judgment. It's just a survey to kind of outline what we're going to be talking about with Maria. So WhatsApp or text me now, 150 or 20. That's all you have to do to 086-1800-658. And we'll check the results of them just ahead of Maria coming on with us. Now let's uh, get back to the present moment and celebrity news now. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Hi, I'm Max. Miley Cyrus dedicated a performance of her song Wonder Woman to Sinead O'Connor. In her new documentary special, Miley talked about the row between her and Sinead. She said that she was expecting backlash to her song Wrecking Ball, but not from other women. So this is when I had received an open letter from Sinead O'Connor and I had no idea about the fragile mental state that she was in. And I was also only 20 years old, so I could really only wrap my head around mental illness so much. And all that I saw was that another woman had told me that this idea was not my idea. And even if I was convinced that it was, it was still just, you know, men in power's idea of me and they had manipulated me to believe that it was my own idea when it never really was. Aqua announced a North American tour over the weekend. The group saw a massive resurgence this year with the popularity of the Barbie movie. The Barbie World Tour begins in November. Megan Trainer won Sound of the Year at the Streamy Awards last night. She thanked the TikTokers in the audience for helping to make the song go viral. Megan also shouted out her newborn baby during her speech. This is crazy! Um, Vicky, where are you? Get over here! Thank you to the Streamies and Rolling Stone. I love that song so much, this is nuts. Thank you to my co-writers, uh, Sean Douglas and Fede. I wrote this for my postpartum body. I just had a baby. Shout out to my babies, Riley and Barry. That's The Buzz. I'm Max. The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app. Thank you so much. One or two trickling in on WhatsApp with the various percentages. As I say, no judgment at all. Would you say 100% of your wardrobe you're actively wearing? Okay, so that means you're wearing pretty much everything that's in your wardrobe and there's not just stuff that's sitting there. Or is it about half, 50%? Or would you be... 20%. 20%. Keep them coming in 086 658. 
Oh, and LMFM's 11 to 1. Interesting, interesting results to keep them trickling in on 086 1800 658. As we say, we're not going to judge anyone at all. But if uh, you'd like to take part in this survey, we're asking, what percentage of your wardrobe do you actively wear? So you're actually wearing this stuff. Can you put your hand up and say 100%? I can't even say that, to be honest with you. Can you say 50% that you definitely do wear? Or is it just 20%? And we're going to delve into why that might be and what we can do to kind of change all of that. Because we're going to be chatting about Sustainable September with Maria Macklin. She's going to join us next. The 11 to 1 Thank you so much for getting involved in this. We are asking, what percentage of your wardrobe do you actively wear? Is it 100%? Is it 50 Is it just 20%? Well, research shows that people are wearing as little as 20% of their wardrobes, yet we are buying more than ever. Next month marks Sustainable September, a month-long initiative encouraging us to stop buying new clothes for the duration of the month and to either shop their wardrobe or buy something pre-loved and support a great cause. Joining me now to tell us more is a woman who's passionate about sharing the importance of shopping sustainably image consultant Maria Macklin from House of Colour is back on the line how are you getting on Maria? Hi, Sinead. Very well, thanks. Great to have you there's back. In the air, there's a nip in the air. Oh, oh listen, allow, I'm going to talk to you as well about what the hell we're supposed to be wearing in this weather because it's so it's so changeable. But uh, you know, we conducted a survey over the weekend on social media. I'm conducting it as we speak here now. There's a few more trickling in, right? So as you know, yeah. we uh, gave people three percentages. Uh, I'd say you can probably guess what number has come out on top at this stage. Oh, well, judging by what I hear in my studio, it's probably 20%. And most of the surveys that are done outside of my studio that are done with people say, suggest that we were actively wear, actively wear 20% of our wardrobes, which means that 80% of the money that we're spending, we're wasting. I mean, the value you're getting from your clothes is just so small. And, you know, I always use the analogy of your food cupboard. So mm. if, you know, the first thing that happens is that people don't know what to buy. People don't match their lifestyle. People don't know how to put their stuff together. So if you think about how you shop for food, the first thing you do is you buy things you like. You buy things you, you, you know you're going to eat. You buy things you know you're missing in your, in your fridge. So if you run out of butter, you put butter on your shopping list. If you're going to bake a cake, you check your store cupboard you check that you have ginger or coffee essence or whatever it is, you check that you have the ingredients you need to bake that cake. What we do when we go shopping is we don't check our wardrobe, we don't know what we have, we don't know what we haven't, we don't know what to buy, and therefore we hobby shop, we go around, we pick up a bit of this, we pick up a bit of that, and you can't make the cake because you don't have the ingredients to put the outfit together. Or you're not matching your lifestyle. There's no point buying fancy steaks if you're not going to eat fancy steaks every day. So using that analogy really makes people think about how they shop, why they shop, where they shop. But the first thing to do is educate yourself on what works for you, make sure it fits you, make sure it flatters you, and then you're more likely to wear it. It sounds easy, I know. Yeah, it's, it does sound easy, but like, as you know, so many of us struggle with this. Can I go to this lovely voice note from Claire, regular yeah. listener to the show, about, and thank you so much, Claire, and everybody who's gotten involved in this. This is what Claire has to say, uh, uh, her answer to our question about the percentage of her wardrobe. Okay. Hi, Sinead. Um, I definitely think I utilise about maybe a quarter of my wardrobe. 
But the funniest thing is I would turn around to my husband and say, God, I've got nothing to wear. And he just looks at me and says, every wardrobe in the house is full of your clothes. Anyway, I think that's us all women. Uh, we love our clothes. Great show. Happy Monday. <laughs> I think she's captured the entire text here because most of this, right, is coming in at 20%. But what yeah. I am hearing, Maria, as well is I have so many clothes I don't know what oh. to do. And there's yeah. one message as well here coming in which has uh, grabbed my attention. Thank you so much. This one is saying 8%. I honestly think it's even under 20% of my wardrobe I use, ashamedly so. But I'm actually doing a big clear out over the the last few weeks. Now, the thing about the clear out, Maria, you have a lot of advice about this because people shouldn't go into the clear out single handedly. I think they need some help well, in regards to this. Well, yes, because I, I, I keep coming back to this. You have to know what works for you. You have to understand the colours that flatter you. You have to understand your body architecture, your personality. You need to understand your unique style because you might be clearing out clothes that actually you should be keeping. Yep. So my suggestion is get your consultation first before you do your clearance because you'll be surprised about how many clothes actually work for you. You just need the guidance. You need somebody by your side to help you put them together and to make you understand why they're in there in the first place. And lots of them are in there because subconsciously we know some of the things that suit us. The problem is when other people get involved and put clothes into our wardrobe so the helpful friend or the helpful retail assistant yep. who really doesn't understand what we need because they haven't they, ha- they don't they can't delve into us the way a, a, a stylist can and therefore you end up with other people's clothes in your wardrobe or as you say you buy the clothes for the one occasion and you don't know how to wear it after that so it sits there unloved unworn taking up space in your wardrobe and you don't get the value the yep. point is, if you work hard to buy the clothes and to afford the clothes, those clothes need to be paying you back and you need to be getting the value. Once you do that, then you're automatically being sustainable because you're wearing them over and over again. Yes, this is the thing. And there were some things in my wardrobe, and this is what this is the like sort of where Maria comes in to kind of be a shoulder to cry on as well. <laughs> Because yeah. I have, like, I had a lo- lovely few bits and bobs that were kind of in the yellow orange sort of category, let's say, in terms of colour. And Maria, once I did this, I was like, oh my God, they actually look horrific. So yellow and orange yeah. are kind of a no no for me as a, as a, for, for, yeah. for my, but they might suit somebody else. And then I know yeah, exactly. from other, from talking to other people, uh, that they have gotten the, the consultation done. They have said, I never thought of this colour or that colour, yeah, but it does yeah. so work for me now, and now I can see how it all kind of gets put together. Um, but or this style or that style, because well, yes. sometimes we, sometimes, and this is more so for women than men, sometimes women don't have permission to step into who they are, so they don't think they can wear the floral dress and Mm -hmm. they don't think they can wear the blouse with the ruffles or the big sleeves when actually that's what they should be wearing because they try to conform or to blend in or to not rock the boat or whatever we do but we're sometimes afraid to step into who we are and some of the work I do with women is about that and men but more so women because women feel a little bit more strongly than men do. 
Absolutely. And actually, something that's mirroring exactly what you're saying is coming in here on 086 658. I live in black jeans, leggings, loose tops. So this is another person oh. with 20%. Um, and uh, she says, uh, ever since she became a mother. Now, this is something that oh, I've, that I've seen so time sad. and time again oh, with, yeah. with women. And you do as well, Maria, where women who've become busy parents um, yeah. have no time for themselves. So they just resort to this kind of uniform of of the leggings and loose tops and you're definitely not the only one listener and thank you so much for for messaging in it's not an easy thing to message in and like that you just kind of you lose your identity don't you a little bit I know and that's the black and baggy isn't it and that really makes me so sad because people then start to undervalue themselves and when you undervalue you so do everybody else and your people you know the people who see you every day are the ones who see you Looking at looking at worst, unfortunately, I did a, an interesting. I had an interesting uh, video up on my page yesterday about China cabinets. I saw it. Yeah, yeah, where we don't give ourselves permission to wear the good stuff. Mm. I, I I was looking at my crystal glasses and I I was ashamed because they're so dusty. And we and sometimes we do that with our clothes. We look at our clothes and we're not wearing them and then they gather dust and then they're out of date. It's like the food we leave at the back of the fridge. Then it becomes out of date and we can't eat it because it's old fashioned or it's too small or whatever. So, you know, wear the clothes. Get out of the black and baggy. I know it's easier said than done as well, but yeah. really we need to value who we are. We need to look in the mirror every day and love what we see. And it doesn't matter whether you buy new or pre loved or borrow or, or, or rent you need to love you that's the first point and you need to understand what to buy that makes you shine whatever your shine is everybody's shine is different yeah and that's it and that's something I've learned from, from chatting to yourself as well Maria because I would have been someone that had good clothes or work clothes or they all had categories and you were you were the one that were kind of sort of teaching me that no that's not the way they all should work for you every day it doesn't matter and every I totally day. get that you know, it's happening slowly but surely do you know what I mean but it yeah. is happening yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah. getting to the to the nitty gritty of this right um, because yeah. we've discussed this many times on the show but I think it's important to reiterate this around sustainable September uh, talk to yeah. me about fast fashion what is it first of all and what damage is this causing because there's huge damage oh it's scary fast fashion is like fast food it's it's the the clothes that are created quickly that we wear once or twice they have planned obsolescence built in so they're not built to last and therefore they're cheap and when we when we dispose of them they're actually not being disposed of because they're mostly made from synthetics or oil-based fabrics and they're actually not disposable. They don't biodegrade. We can't get rid of them. So we ship them off to third world countries, largely Uganda, Uganda, Kenya are the two big ones in Africa. Mm. Uh, Chile is the big one in South America. And there they fill up land. They're, they're scattered. The people who, who get them don't know what to do with them. And as you said in your... As we've learned over the weekend, I saw a, a video from BBC News yes. which said that... The clothes disposed of at the Atacama Desert can be seen from space. There are so many of them. Oh, that was very eye-opening. Shocking. It was. People should even just Google that. Clothes pile seen from space. And you'll see exactly what we're talking about. It's humongous. And that is staying there. That's not going anywhere. It's not going anywhere. So we buy 400% more clothes than we bought 20 years ago. 400%. We don't have 400% more time. We don't have 400% more places to go. So we're buying things we don't need. We're filling the store cupboard with stuff that we're never going to use that passed its date and then we're throwing it out. And the, the detriment to 
not only the people who, who, who dispose of the clothes, but the people who manufacture the clothes because they're so badly paid. Most of the companies who produce fast fashion have human rights issues yeah. on their books that they're not addressing. Um, and, and, and we can't afford to be part of that. We have no. to be really careful about how we consume, how much we consume, what, what it is that we're consuming and how we get rid of it or how we dispose of it. And, and that's the issue with fast fashion. It's now no longer fast fashion. It's hyper fast fashion. It's made so quickly. The turnaround time for these clothes is so fast that we can't even keep up. So that's, you know, a lot of food for thought for people. So when it comes then to, you know, Sustainable September, the idea behind this is that we, number one, shop in our own wardrobe, and number two, we, we're not buying anything new. So it's one month. Yeah. It's really not that long, Maria. Well, You've done this long, for a year, no. haven't you? <laughs> I did. I did. I did do it for a year, and it, and it opened my eyes as to what is out there. Yeah. And that's back to the beginning of the conversation because those that 80% of clothes that women aren't wearing end up in the charity shops, end up somewhere. So, you know, the rest of us have rich pickings there if you're good at it and if you know what you're looking for. Um, But it also means that we're not not overproducing because we're already using what's on the planet. And there there is so much available. I got some fabulous things last night. This is my favourite thing in the world to do. There is some brilliant charity shops uh, here in Drogheda and beyond and I love it. When I have some free time with no children hanging out of me, this is what I do. (laughs) This is what I do. Now look, it's not for the faint of heart. I do have a message actually here, Maria, for you uh, as well on 086-1800-658. Someone saying, I find charity shops daunting. I never know where to start. Now, maybe you're going into the wrong charity shops because a lot of them are colour-coded, aren't they? They're very well laid out. Well, if you think about all shops, all shops are daunting. A department store is daunting. Yeah. A pennies is daunting. Any big shop is daunting when you don't know what you're looking for. If you went into a supermarket and you've no shopping list, that's daunting. It's overwhelming because there's so much to choose from. So, yes, if once you understand what you're looking for, once you understand what you have and what you haven't in your wardrobe, once you understand what are the clothes that work for you, actually, they jump out at you. I can go down a rail of second-hand clothes and find the one or two things that are mine very, very quickly. Very quickly, from across the shop sometimes, mm. because I know what I'm looking for. Yeah. So, yes, I agree that they're daunting. And the, 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 the only downside with a charity shop is that they will only have that item in one size. So yes. if you go into a department store and you find something, they'll have lots of sizes in a charity shop they won't so if you find it there and you find it in your size you need to buy it oh totally because there's there's, there's only one but the upside of that is that nobody else will have it well this is the thing this is the thing and I have so many pieces that I have this oh they're going back years that I return to again and again and again from the charity shop but uh, Maria you have a great system in your wardrobe as well right so much so that uh, I saw a video where you had missed your alarm clock uh, (laughs) and you had to take get a train but because you have a fantastic system in your wardrobe it didn't matter that you missed the alarm. Tell us about this. Okay, so I had to get the 8 o'clock train from Dundalk. The train station is 20 minutes from me. My my alarm clock was set for a quarter to seven. I didn't wake up till a quarter past. <gasps> okay. I had to, yeah, so I had 20 minutes to get up, dressed, showered, make up. Yeah. And I was at the train station by 10 to 8. Oh, now you see. So what's going on there? <laughs> Have you got colour-coded situation going on? How, how do you do it? Well, I, everything in my wardrobe, first of all, fits me. Yep. Second of all, suits me. Third of all, is in the right colours and styles for me. So I can take any bottom 
in my wardrobe, any trousers, any dress, any skirt, and all my tops nearly will work with that. So I can put an outfit together very, very quickly. Very, okay. Very so what about because someone, I have the clothes that work for me? Yeah. Okay. So what about somebody right who is, I suppose, wanting to kind of have that sort of thing in their wardrobe as well? Like realistically, how many sort of bottoms and tops should we actually own? Well, if if I were to give you a starting point where you where you were starting from scratch, you had nothing. You had an absolutely empty wardrobe. You yeah. moved house. You decided you were going to start from scratch. You should have something like. Eight tops, two maybe smarter blouses, uh, four trousers, two smart, two casual, couple of skirts, two dresses, one good jacket, one good coat, five pairs of shoes, and then some accessories. Okay, so that's very and doable. And the top might include some knitwear. So you might have 10 or 12 tops, including a couple of pieces of knitwear. Yeah. yeah. Four trousery bottoms, two skirts, two dresses, a jacket, a really good jacket, really good coat. And if you think about the neutral colours for the jacket and the coat that you need to wear yeah. with everything else, your neutral colours, and everybody's are different, so you need to understand which are right for you, but they're, they're typically black, greys, browns, creams, beige, mm-hmm. those those sorts of colours, and they work with everything in your wardrobe. Oh, by the way, it's people, very, it's a, it's not everybody can wear black. Pieces. Yeah, not everybody yeah. can wear black. So there's about 35 pieces in there. And if you had a really good selection of those that work for you, that have to be unique to you, then you're off to a really good start. Okay, so 35. And also, as you, as you were saying there, in terms of the neutrals, don't just assume everyone suits black. They don't. I learned that. And don't assume <laughs> that everyone suits white because they don't. I also learned that. Uh, so, you know, again, it goes back to this. But so, so people, if you are doing this sort of a clear out, it re- there's a lot of examination going on with regards yeah. to this. Now, another okay. way for us to be more sustainable, and Maria is fantastic at this as well, is... Um, revamping older clothes isn't it and giving things kind of transforming clothing that we have as opposed to rushing out and getting something new yes i'm yes i my my so my personal machine is broken and i'm not a huge seamstress but i do like bringing clothes to be altered yeah um or revamped but often just wearing them in a different way so there are, you know there are trends that come in every year and sometimes it's just a matter of adding or subtracting something from things you already have it's really worth understanding what's going on out there because pre-loved is great, but you don't want to look pre-loved because yes. you need to be relevant and you need to be you need to stay modern with your clothes. Um, but the classics, certainly, lots of your classics can be pre-loved coats, jackets, the things that really don't change very mm-hmm. much. They come back year after year, and then you top that up with a few modern pieces and that keeps your wardrobe working. I sound like this is very easy. It's not easy. You need to understand where to start. Effortless, looking effortless takes effort. Yeah, it does. It's a myth. It takes effort. It's a myth, yeah. people, that it doesn't yeah. actually take effort. Maria, as always, we could talk all day about this, but uh, I think the, the key thing is that people do need advice and help. How can people get in touch with you? Well, I'm, maria.macklin at houseofcolour.com is my email, but if you the, if you go into my Instagram and my bio, there's a link there to mm-hmm. a discovery. I mean, I'm happy to have a discovery call with anybody Yes, to understand, because not everybody will want to work with me, you know, but yeah. some people will, but you'll understand the process and what I offer. Um, so, so feel free to get in touch with me about that. That's, that there's no charge for that, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I, I really... It, kind of makes me sad when I hear about women who 
feel like the need to blend in. I, mm. I, it just makes me sad. And and I was listening to something recently where there are so many women who are absent from family photographs because yes. they feel they don't deserve to stand in, and that just makes me cry. Oh yes, it really does. And oh, let, let people can like this. It's amazing what you know dressing properly can do for somebody's life and mood and everything else. It really is. By the way, as well for anyone listening to this who is just using twenty percent of their wardrobe, we're going to challenge you. Okay, we're going to challenge you for the month of September, sustainable September. We want you to try and actively wear stuff yeah. in your wardrobe. So if you want to come on board with that, let us know as well on 086-1800-658. Maria, thank you so much as always for all that great advice. You're very welcome, Sinead. Thanks a million. Maria Maria Macklin there. Sustainable September. We can do it. We definitely can do it. Are you on for this? Are you on for just not buying anything for the month of September? Let me know. We'd love to follow this progress on 086-1800-658. The 11 to 1 show. LMFM. Ella Henderson, React on LMFM's 11 to 1. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes. Backed by Bordgosh Energy. Replace your old inefficient gas boiler with Local Heroes. Visit localheroes.ie. Mr. Price in Dundalk requires assistant managers for their Dundalk stores to apply. Please contact recruitment at mrprice.ie. DK Motors requires both qualified mechanics and apprentice mechanics to join their team at Kilberry Cross in Navan, County Mead. They can send your CV to Derek. He's Derek at dkmotors.ie. Don't forget all the details of those jobs can be found on our local job section on lmfm.ie. LMFM Job Search with Local Heroes. Backed by Portgosh Energy. For gas boilers, heat pumps and electric vehicle charge point installation. Visit localheroes.ie. We are very excited about this. Yes. LMFM want to send you to Paris to watch the big one, Ireland versus South Africa on September 23rd. So you could be winning the ultimate rugby experience with return flights, three nights in Paris and gold category match tickets with hospitality. Now, it's an unbelievable prize to win, okay? It, like, imagine Paris. Paris. I mean, it couldn't be easier as well to enter this, right? So all you have to do right now is just text LMFM the word LMFM now it's different number okay 57886 57886 so the word LMFM to that number 57886 do it now text cost €2.50 plus your standard rate you must be over 18 to enter and you're playing across the wireless Ireland network of stations lines close at 5pm today we're going to call one person back at random you have to answer a really like easy enough question now. Very, very easy question. And you'll qualify for the final draw on September 4th. So the full terms and dish conditions are on lmfm.ie, okay? So don't text us this number. Text the new number, okay? So lmfm57886. And it could be you. It's a great opportunity to support Johnny Sexton and the team in Paris on September 23rd. So the best of luck to you. There's Westlife with my love finishing out our show for today. Just to tell you tomorrow, if you have a child that struggles with maths, you won't want to miss tomorrow's show. We're going to be talking about a great online grinds service that's going to be very accessible to everybody that's coming up on tomorrow's show. That is my lot for today, though. Thank you so much for your company. Chat to you tomorrow. 
Listen back to the 11 to 1 show podcast on lmfm.ie or the LMFM app. With Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kingscourt, the best in motoring here for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.